Welcome, friends. You're listening to Read with Laura Joy. I'm Laura Joy Lloyd, your host and author of the stories we read here. This is interactive, serialized fiction, where there's always more to the story, and readers influence what happens next. Here on the podcast, we talk about the story behind the story. Today we'll be reading from the Wren Island series, Part 2, Scene 15, and we're going to find out what Allison's been up to every afternoon. We'll spend about four minutes reading. Afterward, stick around to hear how a suggestion from a reader is reflected in this scene, and why one word in this scene holds extra special meaning. Here we go. The Wren Island Series by Laura Joy Lloyd, Part 2, Scene 15 Right after lunch the next day, Allison ran her hands around the smooth, orange-colored trunk of the arbutus tree in Virgil's front lawn. Five afternoons in a row. Yesterday, she'd missed seeing Ralph's son arrive in the float plane. The day before, she'd missed seeing Ed from the commune deliver firewood with his Polaris. But she heard all about it from her aunts during dinner, and listening to her aunts describe their afternoon was nearly as entertaining as if she'd been with them. She held the tree and shifted her feet, crunching dried berries and stiff leaves. She closed her eyes, and the wind whispered a melody through the pines. This was why she stopped to visit the arbutus tree each afternoon. Nature, more than anyone else, knew how to write a song. Inside Virgil's cabin, Allison unpacked her bag and set up her laptop. She turned on the light at her desk, smiling at how the pretty stained glass lamp contrasted with the rest of the cabin. She plugged in the electronic keyboard and waited for everything to connect. It had been Virgil's idea for her to work in the cabin during the afternoons, while he and Jax were running the grocery market. She'd been walking through the forest one afternoon. Actually, she'd been crying through the forest. It was the day Aunt Macy had insisted everyone take a fiber supplement, and Aunt Amelia spilled a jug of orange juice, and Aunt Shasta propped up three more foam cheese heads next to the television. Those cheese heads were the final straw. This wasn't even football season. So anyway, she'd fled to the forest for a walk, and there was Virgil on the trail. And Virgil did what he always did. He asked questions. And this time, instead of shutting him down like she usually did, she blabbed out all her frustrations. But Virgil, being Virgil, asked more questions. And pretty soon, after thinking through all those questions, she'd felt more optimistic, because, like Virgil pointed out, it wasn't that she didn't love her aunts. She wanted to take care of them and share her home with them. But all together and all at once, her aunts could be a little much. Virgil agreed this was true. Then, thanks to more questions from Virgil, she'd figured out what was frustrating her the most. Her dream of songwriting was getting lost in all the chaos. Songwriting was important to her, and with all the electronics it required, she couldn't very well sit on a log in the forest and work. So Virgil had said he'd ask Jax about Allison using the cabin in the afternoons. And Virgil had ordered an electronic keyboard so she didn't have to haul hers over. Jax had dug a lamp out of the attic and said he hoped Allison liked the dragonfly shade. Allison had put money into an account for Jax's future education and, 
Well, here she was. She sat at the keyboard and tapped out a melody. She added in a few chords and a supporting harmonic line. She tried a few words around the melody. Dragonfly, if you'd like to try to fly, come along with me to see what's beyond the sky and sea. Just another ditty, as Aunt Macy would say. She poked around in her software until she figured out how to add different orchestral parts on the screen. Look at that. She could write an entire symphony for a complete orchestra. She could write a movie soundtrack, maybe. Win a Grammy. She deleted the rinky-dink lyrics. When she tried to add music for a brass section, she stalled. Gee, this felt a little overwhelming, trying to write a soundtrack for an entire orchestra. But if she ever wanted to write something important, she'd have to come up with something better than a ditty. We just read from the Wren Island series, Part 2, Scene 15. While I was writing this section, readers expressed concern that Allison might not hold up under the increasing pressure, and I had similar concerns, but what exactly might push Allison to her limits? I asked readers for their ideas, and one reader suggested something really funny. She said Allison might take one look at those Green Bay Packers cheeseheads by the television and quietly go nuts, and that idea is reflected in the scene we just read. I promise to tell you the story behind the story for one special word in this scene. The word is Polaris. Allison mentions that she missed seeing Ed from the commune deliver firewood in his Polaris. That's a brand of all-terrain vehicles. And the Polaris on Wren Island is a tribute to the Polaris one of my adopted dogs, Rosie, was transported in when she was first rescued by a good Samaritan. Rosie's rescue is quite the story, too long to tell here. There's a link in the show notes if you want to read my journal post titled, Why an Introverted Writer Continues to Be on Social Media. I'll give you a hint about one of the reasons why. If I wasn't on social media, I would have never learned the story behind the story about my Rosie's rescue. Thanks so much for joining me here on Read with Laura Joy. I'm Laura Joy Lloyd, your host and author of the stories we read here. To keep reading, subscribe to the podcast or click on my website in the show notes and subscribe to receive my emails. You'll be the first to receive new installments of the Wren Island series. And you'll be included in a bunch of other fun stuff too, like real-time behind-the-scenes peeks at the developing story, invitations to influence what happens next, And you'll be right there with me in those special moments when real life inspires a story. This is interactive serialized fiction. There's always more to the story, and readers influence what happens next. Thanks for reading with me.